Welcome, welcome, welcome to a happy 4th of July Independence Day edition of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. And our dedicated crew is in studio today. And we have a great guest. I mean, if you're talking July 4th, you have to bring up America's pastime baseball. And there's no better baseball authority and insider than Bob Nightingale, USA Today. And Bob, thank you for coming on. I mean, to tell the audience, you and I have never met or chatted, yet you were kind enough, you know, through Twitter and DM to accept an invitation to come on the podcast. So we really appreciate you, especially for this holiday. Yeah, my pleasure, Doctor. Yeah, I heard all about you and used to live in San Diego covering the Padres back in the day. So still got some San Diego roots there. My kids were all born there. So enjoy, uh, enjoy San Diego ties. Oh, thank you. And uh, the good stuff you heard about me is true. The bad stuff is all <laughs> untrue. That's what they usually say, isn't they it? They all say, yep, I agree. Yeah, but that's, that's, definitely, uh, that's definitely it here. So since you bring up Padres and just this past weekend, you know, this four-game Dodger-Padres series, lots of things to discuss there. Machado, obviously Tatis not there yet, and even Mookie Betts. What did you think about that series in Machado and Machado and the whole situation? Well, I thought the uh, Padres have a better showing. At least they pulled out the Sunday game. Uh, you know, finally win there after, you know, they haven't won a game there since, I think, April 25th of last year. Uh, they're still pitching great. They're, you know, the offense has been a problem. And it got exposed in the Dodgers series. So yeah, and- it was good to see Machado back. Yeah, and and then the first three games of the series, my son watches every game, right? You know, he's Tatis fan, then Machado fan, and now Cronenworth fan, and you know he's a fan of all the Padres. But the Padres scored four runs in the first three, really three in 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 almost four games until the ninth inning. They scored four runs and finally got a got a win. Four runs through three in in almost four games isn't going to cut it, right? But that four run ninth really. Uh, Saved him. Uh, we missed it. Uh, we were out at the lake, and we actually went out on the boat after Machado struck out <laughs> so, <laughs> in the night. So we missed the rally, but we're we're glad to uh, glad to see it. Now, as far as Machado goes, I don't know if you've seen Bob, but at Sports Injury Central, you know, we we have some former baseball docs. I covered baseball back in the day, but I don't have the same baseball experience as I have in football. I mean, I spent. A little cup of coffee with the Cubs and with the Twins, but not like my head team physician football experience. But Machado clearly has come back quicker than expected, and that's credit to the Padres medical staff, training staff, and to Machado for toughing it out. But he's clearly not himself, right? I mean, okay, he played DH Thursday, missed Friday, played Saturday and Sunday at third base, made a nice play at third base, but... What is he, two for 13 with eight strikeouts? And everyone's pitching him away. And I think the jig is up. Like, instead of weight transfer from the right foot to the left foot and then rolling his ankle a little bit, which is his normal swing, and I think Justin has some video here he may show, he can't do that. He's either got to spin off his heel or be relatively flat-footed, and I think all teams are pitching him outside now, if you look at that. Uh, is that what you've noticed, Bob, or, or what are you thinking? Just rust for Machado, or, or is he just – I mean, M- Manny's back, but it's not MVP Manny. No, I think it's rust. And uh, I was very surprised, really stunned, that the Padres didn't put him on the injury list. I know he's got pride. He hasn't been there since 2014. But he missed 10 games. Uh, so they played a man short all that time. You know, you could have used a person back then. 
So I don't know, you know, what the situation was, okay, uh, you know, do we not have anybody that's capable of coming off the bench and helping out? Are we really, you know, keeping our fingers crossed and thinking and come back, you know, a couple of days early? Usually teams, you know, are more conservative, saying, you know what, we're going to put them on the injury list right away, and we're going to take our time. You better be 100%. Uh, I saw him in Phoenix, and, uh, you know, the first two days, he was just, you know, generally running across the bag. I'm thinking to myself, this guy isn't close. And, uh, you know, not saying to rush him back, but he's, you know, I don't think he's 100%. Uh, you know, give him that. He's a gamer. Some guys won't play unless they're 100%. He does, but I don't believe he's 100% yet by any means. So Machado, you know, I thought it was a great boost that he DH for the first Dodger game. I mean, obviously, the Padres and Dodgers, they really, you know, they each needed to win. And Machado got a all-upper-body swinging double where he slid into second base in the first inning, first at bat, and almost slid off the bag because he couldn't stop, right? I mean, because uh, of his ankle. But, Could have been a triple maybe, right? Uh, maybe, <laughs> but, he but he scored, and that was the Padres' only run there. But Machado, I think you're right, is just not there yet. But do you think this speaks to – I don't want to say this because they're my hometown team, right? And uh, almost – I mean, they're hanging in there doing well, but almost desperation that they know that even Machado at 80% or less than 100% is a bat they have to have in the lineup, and Maddie's willing to oblige them, and, you know, especially with Alfaro with a bulky knee and then returning. I mean, Will Myers is still out as well. Yeah. yeah, they just needed him. They just need Manny. They need bats. They don't have Tatis. And so uh, desperate times, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the fact they played 10 games without Manny instead of putting him on the injury list. So really, it was a waste of ten days. I mean, I, you know, does that mean they had nobody in the minor leagues to bring up that could help out offensively? Is the minor leagues that thin? You know, no Robinson Cano is uh, doing well actually right now. You know, I think he could have helped. Uh, you know, but he's off the forty-man roster. So yeah, I was surprised. Uh, usually, when a guy's even going to be out for five or six days, you slap him on the injury list, and then you get to you know use those extra four or five days uh, to make sure he's one hundred percent healthy. You know, this time it's like, you know, hey, man, as soon as you're 70% ready, you know, we're going to put you out there. Uh, and I, I think, you know, it's a source of pride that he didn't go on the injury list. Maybe he said, please don't do it. I, I want this on my resume, on my career, that I want, you know, I've got eight years now without being on the injury list. No, that's that's impressive. Obviously, he was formerly an Oreo, and we all know Oreos have, have uh, that long uh uh, history of uh, avoiding playing streaks and and all this other stuff, but in any case, and even you know, there's some good good storylines here. They, the, on the local broadcast, they said, "Oh, uh, Manny quote drove to L.A. from Phoenix from Arizona instead of the flight." We kind of chuckled at that internally. Look, uh, uh, I mean, it's not like he's flying Southwest and he forgot to log in 24 hours in advance <laughs> and he has a C21 seat, right? I mean, it's a charter. It's one hour. You're with your athletic trainers. They can wrap the ankle. You can, on your charter, put your foot up. Now, it turns out he was driven. So hopefully he was driven in the back of a streeter van or something like, you know, where he could really lay down. It's not like he drove with his foot down kind of thing. But it's all good for the story. It doesn't take away from the fact that he returned to play much earlier than anyone you or I expected. So uh, good on him. Uh, are you hearing anything on Tatis from the get-go? I don't know if you follow along when when the Padres GM said three months. 
We at Sports Injury Central said four to six. If he can come back right after the All-Star break, take it. That's a good result. And that's kind of where he's trending, right? Uh, maybe not right after the All-Star break, but soon thereafter, we hope. Yeah, exactly, Doctor. I, I talked to him on uh, Tuesday by phone and saw him later on. But he said, you know, the uh, he had a bone scan on Tuesday, x-rays, and everything was uh, positive. Like, okay, in a couple of weeks, you can start swinging a bat. So precisely like you said, uh, he's hoping to be back by the end of July, if not the first week of August. So if it goes past the first week of August, I think he'll be very, very disappointed. Yeah, I also so- asked him, what's going on with your motorcycle? He says, it's sitting at, sitting at home. I got to sell that thing. I'll be putting on the yeah, Collecting dust, right, yeah. <laughs> I think the Padres will sell it for him. They'll delegate that task. I think the Padres will buy it from him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, look, I don't want to bang on Tatis. To me, look, he's a young superstar athlete. And, Bob, I've dealt with him before. He plays with his hair on fire. I mean, it's very hard to say, uh, have a guy, personality-wise, plays with his hair on fire but doesn't live life that way. Like, if you're throttled down on the one hand, you get throttled down. I mean, so I'm not excusing any of this, but, yeah, he's got to learn from it. But the the key is how do you play with your hair on fire but not get burnt, right? And how do you live life that way? That's sort of the the, the key. And, and, you know, he's, he's obviously uh, great there. But because of the bone graph, it takes longer. And the other thing I think that could have been predictable, and I – didn't look at the schedule. I could have predicted that this week would have been, or that visit to Arizona would be, he'd get the quote clearance, this, that, the other, because that's where a surgeon lives in, in, in the Arizona in Phoenix area. So he's going to go see the surgeon, get the scans that gives the doctor the best uh, feel for it. And yes, he does uh, get cleared not to, to keep killing the Padres and Dodgers, but Mookie Betts came back pretty quickly um, from his rib fracture uh, and uh, played right field and, and so forth. But the question I want to ask you, Bob, have you noticed, I mean, it's always been the case in football. Hurry up, take an injection, play, this, that, the other. And and I get it. And what I've always explained to people is, you know, um, it's well, it used to be 16. Now it's 17 games in football. But to make the math easier, if it's 16 games in football and 162 in baseball, every football game is a 10-game winning streak, losing streak. Teams get upset. The Padres would be very upset if they got swept by the Dodgers. They're not happy that they lost 3-1 in the series. But imagine getting swept three straight series. That's what every week in the NFL is like. So players like the culture in the building is you're doing everything to play. If you miss one series, that's like missing a game. Like one series in football is like missing a game in baseball. So you're you're trying to to not miss any games because that's a ten game stretch. But am I wrong, or maybe because now we're covering baseball at Sports Injury Central and I'm paying more attention? You mentioned that teams seem to be more conservative. Usually, look at the long picture. That seems to be changing. Look at Mookie Betts. Look at Manny Machado. Is that imagine in my mind? Mookie Betts, I said, well, a month he'll come back. I think he was two and a half, maybe three weeks. Now, in baseball, they're not going to do a rib block to play like they do in football. It's a different deal. June 15th was injury date, yeah. Yeah, so so it seems like everyone's – 
I mean, maybe it's it's media attention to in, you know the importance of every game now and dissecting, but it seems like the creep is coming to baseball. It's no longer just long term, long term, long term. There's plenty of instances of let's go. What, what do you see? A lot of times it depends on the individual. I know the Angels were frustrated with Anthony Rendon. You know, so many injuries, nagging injuries, he's not playing. Uh, where a guy like Mookie Betts has always, that's been his reputation. I'm playing. The original plan was to have him start off playing second base instead of right field. So easier on the throws and stuff on, on the on the rib cage. So I think, you know, unlike Tatis, uh, Betts can control himself. A more uh, controlled game. Like, okay, I'm not going to push it here where, you know, Tatis would be more of a daredevil. So I think a lot of it on, on this part with Mookie Betts, you just trust in Mookie Betts that you're going to do what's smart here. Yeah. Well, and, and you're right, uh, Bob. One of the things we always say, I've always said, is it takes three votes to return to play, and it has to be unanimous. The player, medical, and the team. So if the player wants to and medical says you're okay, but the team says, let's be conservative, you're not playing. If the player wants to and the team wants you to, but the doctor says you can't, like Tatis, you're not playing. Same if the doctor says okay and the team says okay and the player says, I just don't feel right, you're not playing. And so, yeah, it has to be unanimous. So you make a, a very good point there. Certain individuals really wanted to go back, but... For Mookie's sake, with a rib cage, I was more worried about his torque and swinging the ball, swinging at the bat, swinging the bat, as opposed to playing second field or second base or outfield. But either way, I mean, he's uh, he's back, and and that's a good thing. By the way, I have one fantasy, my first time ever playing fantasy baseball with my son in a little father-son league. And, of course, we had to draft Tatis anyways because that's his guy. He's got Machado, who's hurt. Uh, he, he's got Bryce Harper, who's hurt. He's got Ronald Acuna who's hurt. He had Mookie Betts who's hurt. Now it sounds like an all-star league is is because there's only like five kids. Okay, <laughs> but but I, I'm beginning to think my son is the jinx or me, you know, on some of these uh, guys this year. Yeah, at least Acuna's back, and uh, I think he's a little banged up right now. But he's at least he's <laughs> back from uh, you know being out for so long. But yeah, I mean, how many times, doctor, these players when they get hurt, you know, the, when they uh, get a uh, interview by the media. Oh, I don't think I have to go on the injury list. I'll be back in a couple of days. And they're out for three weeks. And then a lot of times the athlete's mindset is, hey, I'll be back quick. When they're not, they're not really, uh, you know, they're not doctors, obviously. It's more, more of a, you know, macho type thing. Look at me. I'll be back. Oops. The team, team's the one who said I should go on the injury list. I'm not saying it. I'm being ordered to go on it. Yeah. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's no question. Um, I had a thought on Acuna, too. I remember his first game after ACL. We were like, oh, he's going to be, like, you know, play it safe. He had two stolen bases in his first game back. And we're like, that, you know, well, that might be all him more than the team. Well, here. no, but but you got to understand ACL recovery there, right, Taylor? I mean, acceleration is good. Yeah. It's deceleration and cutting, which is playing in the outfield, right? He and, could barely and, stop at second, though, when he did steal his Oh, yeah. He's sliding every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, how he's yeah, going to yeah. stop. He can't overrun the base. Sure. But he's got straight ahead speed. Yeah. That's, that's the recovery from ACLs. But to put him in the outfield and change it directions and you know judging balls that's where more danger is that's where he tore it um what do you think about scherzer and degrom with the mets where are they at i know scherzer's around the corner from coming back but we from the beginning uh what was it we put a sports injury central score six score on people uh for a game or before the season 
We had DeGrom's six score at 68, meaning 68% of his overall production for the season because we weren't sure that he was past all his injuries from last year because it may not have been fully identified and, and or the root of the problem taken care of, and we're still iffy on him, whereas Scherzer... I think once he's back, which he is, I guess, this week, Tuesday. will be fine from his oblique strain. What What are you hearing, and what's your thoughts? Yeah, Max Scherzer uh, did his, uh, you know, injury rehab rehab assignments, and uh, he'll be pitching Tuesday for the Mets. He's going to start against the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. DeGrom just had his first rehab yesterday, uh, went two innings, threw it 100 miles an hour, which, you know, I think raised a few eyebrows, like, hey, <laughs> you know, let's, let's calm down a little bit while you're throwing 100. Uh, you know, you've been out for a year. So I think DeGrom will be an interesting case. He can opt out of his contract and become a free agent or take the, uh, you know, make about $32 million a year for the next couple of years. Uh, you know, if he opts out, you know, how many teams are going to be scared of his medicals? I mean, he's missed a lot of time here in the last couple of years. When he's healthy, you know, he's just might be the best pitcher in baseball, how, how nasty his stuff is. But, you know, you got to be out there. I'll be curious because he says he's going to opt out. When he does come back, is he going to limit himself to, uh, you know, five innings to start, you know, 80 pitches? I don't see him going, you know, pitching seven, eight innings, throwing 120 pitches, knowing that he's at risk when he does that. Yeah, and our concern is medically that it's not just one problem, right? It was a forearm strain, and then it was a partial UCL maybe, and then it was a shoulder, and then it's the latissimus, and then it's the scapular stress injury. I mean, all through the connect chain of throwing there, and I don't know that the root cause is gone yet. Hopefully it will be, but right now our preseason six score 68 seems pretty prescient. He's missed essentially half the season so far, so maybe we're even too high with the I think we dropped him to 62, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I forgot about it. But even 62 is too high, right? right. He's missed half yeah. the season, so he should really be in the at most in the 40s at this point. He's less than half the season uh, left. But in any case, sure. let's move on, Bob, to the big story that you've been all over and you have a strong take on. And I'm very curious because from the football side, I've been involved in some of these, quote, situations or pseudo-involved. Freddie Freeman, okay? So it seemed like the press was – Freddie Freeman – was interpreted as blaming his agent, maybe, and the agent was interpreted as maybe blaming the team. And your interpretation, tell us why you think Freddie Freeman is to blame. Well, I think a lot of these players, and I see it athletes, you know, in all sports, uh, they forget the agent works for you. It's not the other way around. You, you know, you're the one writing them the checks. You're giving the 5% commission. So you get the final call. Uh, you know, so last spring they offered a, uh, Freddie Freeman, $110 million, and he, you know, for five years, he said no. Uh, then they raised it in August to uh, 125 and then 135 and then it's kind of stopped there. You know, I think Freddie's saying, man, I've been in this organization for so long. I've done so much. The team is raking in the money here with the, you know, the crowds, the, the area called the battery. Uh, I deserve more. And then where the dispute is, uh, right after the lockout, they said, okay, we'll offer five years at 140. I don't think it would have made a difference, but I'm not sure that got conveyed to Freddie Freeman because it wasn't in writing. It wasn't a formal offer. Uh, two days later, you know, Atlanta says, I can't wait anymore, so we're going to trade for Matt Olson. And all of a sudden, all his dreams came crashing down. 
So I think when he went back to Atlanta a week ago, just all those emotions came pouring out like I never want to leave this place. Uh, I know I'm home in L.A. I grew up in Orange County, but I never wanted to uh, leave Atlanta, you know, get a you know, chance to go to the Hall of Fame uh, with the organization. So I think then it's like at first he was blaming Atlanta for saying, I can't believe they turned their back on me. And then after talking to the Braves officials, it's like, you know, wait a minute now. Maybe I never get all the information from my agent. Uh, the agent says, no, you got all the information. Don't let Atlanta or anybody else brainwash you. This is what happened. So the dispute will never go away. He fired his agency. He's not going back to it. He still has to pay him. He signed a six-year, $162 million contract with him. But he just a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad thing. Knowing a guy, even though he's getting paid $160 million, even though he's playing close to his Orange County home, uh, is that unhappy that he left Atlanta. But he should have been the one controlling the whole narrative and said, okay, whatever you do, try to get me the last dollar. But if it looks like they're going to go a different direction, sign it. And that didn't happen. Well, I mean, I like what you're saying there. I mean, we won't know the truth, and the truth is always somewhere in the middle, right? But that's what I used to tell players all the time. Like, they'd come in and say, hey, I'm good, I am trust you, but, you know, my agent says I need this, that, the other. I said, okay, we can do what your agent wants to do. But there are times when players would come in and say, I I don't want to do that, but my agent says I have to. I said, well, who works for who, right? I mean, the agent works for you, so you can – dictate what you want to have happen. But, you know, I I look at agents this way. This might get me in trouble, Bob. (laughs) Agents are in the doctor world. You always deal with, I'm talking about for regular patients, well-meaning family members, right? Um, A dad, an uncle, a sister that means well, that wants to take care. And, And in my doctor world, sometimes it ends up being, the most medically oriented person is a phlebotomist or or a dental hygienist. And they kind of have to come out and show they do care about their loved one who's been injured. And they come in with ideas that may not be exactly right, you know, kind of deal. And, and as a doctor, you have to deal with them. And I look at as an agent as most of them have no medical training, no medical knowledge, Yet they're trying to do the right thing for their players medically, which is sometimes not an easy decision to make. I won't mention any names, but this is the football world. We had, uh, well, these injuries are known, so not a big deal. Uh, We had LT, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, with a toe injury, and an agent call in and say, hey, I want his scan sent here. I'm like, no, 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 we already sent him to Dr. Anderson, the preeminent guy, the guy that Quite honestly, I started using, now the rest of the league uses. And then two years later with another player, the agent calls in and says, you got to send Gates's injury MRI to this doctor, my doctor. I'm like, don't you remember two years ago? I'm the guy who introduced you to this doctor, you know? I mean, so they're well-meaning. Um, but I will say this, Bob, if I had to do my team physician job again, I didn't talk to agents because the team said, you don't have to, we'll take care of it. I probably would have. Well, that's one of my regrets, because if they would have heard me speaking and saying what I was saying, I think they would have understood that I was on the side of their player and there would have been less fighting back and forth. Right. Uh, I think an agent's job is to take care of his guy, a family member's job, to take care of their family. And 
if I'm going to talk to the nurse or the whoever or the or the psychiatrist in the family who's the spokesperson from the family to show them I mean well, I probably should have talked to agents. So that's my my bad and, and have better lines of communication. I think a lot of times, too, it's just the agents don't trust the teams and they think, OK, the, the doctors, the physicians work for the team. So they're going to go along with the team says, you know, uh, I, I really noticed that a lot in football. I lived in, uh, after I moved from San Diego, I lived in Minneapolis. So I was right in the heart of Vikings country and a bunch of Vikings lived in my neighborhood. And we talk about that stuff all the time. It's just the team, you know, like you talked about earlier, will do anything, you know, shoot you up, just get you on the field. It's like, hey, if you have a short career, we don't care. We want, we want to win right now. And uh, you see that some baseball too, particularly pitching injuries. It's like, hold on, let's make sure you're 100%. We want to get you right. We want to preserve you for free agency. So I think that just seems like a, a lot more distrust between the team and the uh, and the agent. There's no question. First of all, a sidelight. I mean, that's why we, you know, we're we're destined to chat here on the podcast because I, I I was in Minnesota working with the Vikings, Timberwolves, and Twins a little bit, and then San Diego. So Vikings, Minnesota, San Diego. I guess I'm moving to Phoenix next, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, following following uh, your trail there. But you're right. I mean, I had one agent tell me when I was with the Chargers, he sent out, he had a bunch of like middling guys. He sent out every ankle sprain for a second opinion. I'm like, it's just an ankle sprain. And then he would send me his Dallas Cowboys guys. So one day I called him and said, am I a good doctor or a bad doctor? You know, <laughs> like, you know, you're sending me your, he goes, no, no, just because you're the team. It's just what I need to do. And I was like, okay. Uh, it is what it is. Anything else you want to cover here, Bob? I mean, we don't want to take too much time. I know it's uh, July 4th. You got to get out to, I'm sure you've got some good plans out there. Yeah, I mean, just thinking, yeah, it's particularly with this two sports difference. It's like in football, you know, some of the Vikings would come over to my house and I'd show them all the baseball contracts, and they were <laughs> stunned that every penny was guaranteed. So, like in a Tatis case, stroke a genius by his agent to sign him to that long term contract. If this was going on and he was going arbitration year by year, uh, there'd be a lot of worry. Hey, what's this guy going to get from free agency? What's going to get in arbitration? At least he doesn't have to worry about that. Whereas in football, you know, except for a few quarterbacks, nothing's guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, it's just so so different the way uh, I think the two sports are out handling things as well. And at least with the guaranteed contracts in baseball, the player can sit back and know, like, okay, I can do what I want. I can be reckless of base pass because I'm still getting every every penny guaranteed. But in football, you better be a little cautious here uh, because they'll just you know spit you out and get someone else. Are, are you are you saying that Tatis wouldn't have ridden his motorcycle? Or <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> or, or or quite honestly, in in fairness, remember Tatis still has his shoulder issue where he's not right. chose not to have surgery, and the long term guaranteed contract puts the power in his side of whether he wants to have it, that surgery or not, as opposed to the team. So uh, there, the, you, you do bring up some great points. All right, Bob, thank you very much. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. And uh, thank you for joining us here. And we'll continue on for the part two of the Pro Football Doc podcast as we cover some other things. But thank you so much for your time. A pleasure. Thank you, doctor. All right, welcome back to the continuation of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. We're not going to be that football heavy today. It's July 4th, and so America's pastime, you know, baseball. At least we talk Wimbledon. But 
Let me tell you, one of the more exciting sporting events in my household this morning was the uh, uh, hot dog eating contest. My kids, if you look on Twitter, they were glued to it. My son, who he likes to sleep in, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if he's got baseball to play, he'll get up and he'll be all dressed. This morning he was up. I was like, what's going on? He goes, yeah. He goes, what are you up? I'm, I'm ready to go. What for? For the party this afternoon? He goes, no. The hot dog eating contest. So he, <laughs> he was on like, it already. That's, that's a point of viewing, yeah. yeah. His his little buddy came over, and they, they got their uh, – <laughs> mom got him uh, their July 4th Padre hats. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. Like, I guess the Padres today are going to wear some red, white, and blue. All uh, the teams do. Whole team, all, all the teams, teams do, do. All whatever. Team does, yeah. So, of course, mom got that ahead of time and, uh, you know, their whatever. Special hats, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. And so they had their little red, white, and blue Padre hats on and watching the Nathans. My, my, my little girls, uh, they wanted corn on the cob this morning, so I made them for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> my wife said yoga. I got corn on the cob for breakfast. At Nathan's hot dog eating contest, but anyways, but this morning, you guys alerted the, me to this, and I looked at it because you guys, you sicko, said, <laughs> "Hey, you know, what do you think about the hot dog eating contest?" I'm like, "What lines on the hot dog eating contest?" And we took a look, and yeah, there's a lot of them. But what we wrote at Sports Injury Central, I think some people laughed at us, right? And I almost didn't want us to do it because, I mean, it's a sport. Not even, but whatever. It's a competition. It's competitive. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, okay. They got it's rankings. It's competition. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it is. Okay. Now, I, I, don't try this at home. But, at all, yeah. But sure. try this at home <laughs> yeah. if you want to. In past July 4th, I've had a modified hot dog eating contest where – at least, and even then, the moms get a little bit upset about it. <laughs> Once they hear about it afterwards. Yeah. And this is hard. My rules are a little bit different. One hot dog in one minute, but you have to completely swallow. You can't do the right. chipmunk in the mouth and, right. and whatever. Of course, anyone can shove the hot dog in their mouth. Let it sit there, yeah. And let it sure. sit there. But yeah, yeah. try that if you want. It's not that easy. Like most people can't do it. Yeah. Eat a, the little kids can't at all. <laughs> I had a, a, a dad trying to do it once, and he got close. I mean, to actually swallow the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not because I, mean, I can't imagine these guys are eating all these. It's crazy. Yeah. You see them see them on a platter, and it's this big. But here was our point of the article. I was asked, Joey Chestnut, he's got this ankle tendon, something. Is that going to bother right. him? I didn't think directly that would have anything to do with it, but here's where indirectly we said, take the under. A, I thought the total was really high. You were telling me it was at Taylor 76 and a half, which yeah, is over some books, yeah. some books, which is over a world record. Yeah, yeah. that he set last year. <laughs> I mean, and last year he was nine pounds lighter. Right. He's 238 because he hasn't been able to work out. And most of the audience would say, who cares? Nine pounds. The bigger you are, the more you eat. The more you might eat because you're big, because you're just a big guy. But these contests, believe it or not, not to be grotesque, it's about stomach stretchability. And the, here's a little known fact. When you're heavy and you put on weight, you put it on your belly, but you also put it in your belly the omentum and other structures in your belly have fat in it inside the abdominal wall, which gives your stomach less room to expand. So if he's nine pounds heavier, and let's say there's one pound of fat 
in your stomach. Just one of the nine is inside your stomach. And I don't know the scientific percentages. A hot dog, how many hot dogs is one pound? I was, I was reading this morning that uh, the 70 hot dogs or whatever it is, I think it's 16 pounds total that you're so, consuming. So. <laughs> so it's pretty significant. Yeah. It's at least five hot dogs. Yeah, right. So if you got an extra pound of fat in your belly, you're five hot dogs under. But the other thing that you guys didn't even tell me about, I know you made money in Taylor. I don't want to hear from you anymore about <laughs> Shohei Otani didn't hit one you time. Give, you've been giving you give me a lot, right, Benny? I, I, I give it. I give you what, that. What, what did I tell you when, 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 when I figured out his weights this morning? I said, what? You said smash the under. I said smash. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes like, he says put a house something. Yeah. No, this one was I, like, I, yeah, I, you're very confident. This is, this is revisionist. Yeah. I was like, smash the under. Yeah. There's no right. way. What do, you, what do you have, 63? 63. 63. Yeah. You, should, you could have done a ladder, Taylor. You're famous for that. <laughs> no, I honestly didn't see alter. There was lines? no alternate lines. I know you look, too. <laughs> I you're did such look. A sicko. I did look. Yeah. I know you look, too. <laughs> I, I looked. Mean, you are a sicko. Um, like, I don't even bet. I mean, I told my friends about it a little bit, but I'm in California, so I'm not going there. But in any case, I would have said bet the house, but you left us a key detail. During the broadcast, as I'm watching the kids, they said he's, it's been a rough year for him because of his foot, ankle, whatever it was, that he's missed 10 other competitions. Because he's been out since December. Yeah. And they had the whole four. Yeah, I, did. I would yeah. have said bet the house on the under. Yeah. You want to know why? If your stomach is a balloon that stretches – which balloon is going to blow up easier? One that's been blown up and air let out, blown up and air let out a bunch of times recently, or a balloon that's been sitting on the table not blown up at all? Yeah, you're right. He that's has not had – if he hasn't been doing this – You're practicing the stretching of the stomach. The stretching yeah. of the stomach. Right. I mean, he's going to feel full and, and, and what have you, but – well, there were some places that had it betting not just the number, but like uh, hot dogs per minute, like we were just talking about earlier. And his was at seven forty-five, uh, for, you know, seven forty. Yeah. And now it ended at six point three. I mean, like it was so far well, off. Well, you were telling yeah. me, and you were telling me by the time of quote tip, it was content, seven, two, yeah, seven two five. Yeah, it went from yeah. seventy-six and a half to seventy-two and a half, but yep. it still was under. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, yeah, yeah. we don't mean to digress. But there are all sorts of medical fun things <laughs> that talk to the town July fourth. So that was a good call. Timely. To walk, uh, you woke me up with that in the morning and that was good and i mean you basically woke me up with money so i appreciate that no more atani for a couple weeks i'll give you that (laughs) it's a rough crowd it's a rough crowd did you put that on your better profiles for fantasy pros and stuff? i couldn't find that anywhere i had to go a little offshore on that no i'm gonna say you put it on your 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 better better oh yeah oh true you did he he did put my name on twitter on the article yes so we it can be tracked yeah (laughs) all right Uh, enough (laughs) of hot dog eating i i can't i mean i can't even imagine i mean i don't think you can eat Five hot dogs in ten minutes? Can you? I, mean, I don't. It's just rough. crazy. Now you told me do. about what you just said, and I was like, I don't think I'm doing one minute at all. You know what I mean? Well, you, I mean, of course, in, in these rules, you, you you know, the last minute they stuff one or two hot dogs in their mouth in the last second, yes, yeah, and they you know yeah. chew just it get down. The last chew is chew. What, what, yeah. what do they call it? Um, they, they have a fancy name for it. You, you can't. Well, throw up is what it is. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Uh, in the, in the contest, yeah, they have a special know. name for it. It's it's kind of funny. They oh, say right. I don't remember. Someone will write in or whatever he's saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not regurgitate. You can't. Um, I don't know. They they say it on air. But <laughs> I always thought it was a funny description. Anyways, on to quote real sports, not just competitions. <laughs> what do you got there, Jacob? Uh, well, we got our five MLB storylines of the week, as we do every Sunday. Uh, I know holidays not an exception. Um, 
Juan Soto had a little bit of calf injury coming up, so I mean, the Nationals are way out of it. Got to think he's hitting IL, right? I would think so. Calf injuries tend to linger and and so forth, and who knows? I mean, at this point, look at the dates. If you put him on ten day IL, he's still got the All Star break in addition, right. and and I mean, you know, he probably is he an All Star this year? I don't know. He's got to be. Body. I mean. Who? Oh, Juan, Juan Soto. Soto. Juan Soto is not. He's batting almost really? 200 in this year. Yeah, he's kind oh. of been slow this year to start. Well, that shows, shows you what I yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> At least I knew he was a good player. He's I a didn't. great player. Just I didn't yeah, draft him anyway. That's why I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but the baseball stuff, I mean, it was great to have Bob Nightingale on. I mean, that's the funnest part about Twitter. I mean, I've never met Bob before. He started yeah. following. I followed him back. I DM'd him. He said, sure, I'll come on the podcast and talk some uh, – baseball and uh and uh and different things i didn't get to uh, slip it in but his son bobby nightingale is a beat writer for the reds for the cincinnati inquirer so he's gonna he's gonna be checking out scherzer on tuesday when he's pitching against him oh okay cool i like that little uh little uh, nugget there what else we got there i know we have some football news we have some basketball news tell, tell me what you yeah, guys want to tell uh me. jaron jackson jr um diagnosed with a stress fracture i think we we had it as a list frank um Four to six months. I think it's a. It's going to be a fifth metatarsal. Right, Jones, sorry, Jones fracture. Jones fracture. Right. Similar to our guy Zion, who just signed that big deal, right? right. So obviously, he the said pop- he couldn't sign it fast enough, too. By the way, me yeah. too, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> Again, with uh, the guaranteed gonna, was, money versus yeah. I was going to say something, but I. <laughs> I saw your face. I was trying to get. <laughs> I was just going about to say, what is he? What did he have to put down to grab the pen? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Uh, Not a hot no, 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 my bad, weekend, my yeah. bad, my bad. I shouldn't say that. That's just a, uh, a holiday joke. I, I think it's valid, though. I mean, we haven't seen him at a, at a playing weight yet. Look, Joey Chestnut technically wasn't at a playing weight, right? So, it's I mean, over. No, yeah. no, no. But here's the worry about Zion, and this is why we were confident in, October, in December that he wasn't coming back. That stress fracture injury. Look, it's it's much harder when you're bigger too, and the type of force he has and the type of player for a stress fracture once he had the initial setback we said he was done and he was obviously the pelicans have good confidence that he's going to be okay now but you know this is what i always tell patients every pound of force every pound of weight on your body is at least five pounds of force on your knee when you're walking now if you're running and jumping it's much higher so imagine Zion and what he does to his foot, the amount of extra stress by extra weight. It's significant. So uh, hopefully he'll be okay. But right now he signed his big deal, so congratulations to him. Yeah, a little bit thing on uh, Zach Levine, too, the five-year, $215 million, most in Bulls history. And he's got the nagging left knee. I mean, pro football docs are a little bit – pro baseball do- – foot basketball docs are a little <laughs> bit worried about that. Um, That's a question for you, Doc. Like, how much, do, if you were the doctor, do you get involved in the process and take account of that kind of stuff? Depends. Uh, Depend. There's the, some GMs that I've dealt with, very little. Right. Some GMs from the jump and all the way through. Is that showing how much they value you, or is that just not you're not a part of the process as much? Or? It might be how much they value me. It might be how much they value medical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might be I, – I, it's hard to say. So I don't know what went into that decision and how much the medical staff was consulted or what their opinion was. Maybe we're worried for no reason. But just looking from the outside, 
there's some worry there to make it the biggest contract ever in the whole deal. But who knows? What's reported is contracts aren't always real. Right. I mean, look, breaking news, not really. Every contract that an agent wants, everyone needs their piece out of the deal. The athlete needs what he wants in terms of money and security. The team needs what it wants in terms of having the player and the years and the control or whatever. The agent needs what he or she wants too. They want what? New clients. They want to be able to say, I got a record number. So if you get the report out as this record number, the fine point details sometimes are not as advertised. So I don't know. Maybe there are contingencies hidden in there for Zach Levine's contract. I don't know. Right. Um, maybe there are some exclusions in there hidden. But they're not going to be reported because the agent – and I'm not hating on any agents. You Look, you, you're trying to grow your business and your brand, right? I yeah. mean the the, uh, the XL guy in uh, the Freddie Freeman, he's trying to protect his business and his mm-hmm. brand and, uh, and so forth. I think in that saga, the truth is somewhere in the middle. There may have been some miscommunication. There may be some uh, revisionist history on the Braves part where we love you, Freddie, and there may be some nostalgia. I mean, uh, look, if we think back to, heck, you name it, I was a better athlete in high school. But I remember being a better athlete in high school than I ever was. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> like, I remember it. <laughs> My memory, yeah. that fish I caught was, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you remember the good times. You don't remember the 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 bad hopefully and he's remembering good times and tears and who knows i'm sure the truth uh, as bob points out somewhere in the middle but athletes need to be responsible and more responsible for what their own business uh, dealing is well, i well, think uh, bob had a kind of interesting point in his column later further down is that uh, dansby swanson their star shortstop he's contract year this year he's represented by excel also so I'm sure he's watching in the wings of what happened to Freddie Freeman, and he's going to talk to the team and hopefully yeah, maybe but, start but, that process early. Okay, let, I'm not going to get into this as I'm looking in the camera here. By the way, mm-hmm. I have a my July 4th shirt on. Captain America, <laughs> there, there you go. go. Yeah, Captain and, America. Yep. And I always put this shirt on now because I remember my kids were, I don't know, Davis. It was Davis. It might have been four or something like that. It could have been three or four. We're like, hey, it's, it's July 4th, and we're hosting – our old house, you could see fireworks, so we hosted some little kids over. And I said, you know, we'll make a sign. And he goes, oh, why? What's the occasion? We're having a party. And I said, well, it's, it's July 4th. And he just kind of looked at me. I said, well, it's America's birthday. He's like, okay. And then later on in the day, he said, yeah. He kept saying, and he wanted to make a little sign and color something to welcome people. He says, yeah. I said, what are you doing that for? He goes, well, yeah. He put out his little Captain America guy at the doorstep. He goes, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's Captain America's birthday. <laughs> like, that's what you said, Dad. He said, yeah, that's what you said, Dad. It was America's birthday. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so I wear my Captain America for him. But uh, lose my point. What was I talking about here? Um, Dansby Swanson. The, oh, yeah. yeah. Here, here's my point. If the Braves love Freddie Freeman that much, wouldn't they have gone – to the athlete slash his agent and said, if you don't do X, we are signing Matt Olson and the ship will sail. Trading for him. They trade for him. They're trading for him. That that came together pretty quick after the the talks broke down or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Sure. But, I mean, that's where people blink, right, when it's a final final. 
if you're going to final final, wouldn't you relay that saying, look, we told you, you're not going to go and tell the other agent we're trading for Matt Olson. Right. You can't tip your hand like that. Right. But you could go back to the agent and say, we're not messing around. This is going down in yeah. the next hour. Yeah, because Olson was going to get traded to another team. He was wa- wanted by multiple people, so they were going to lose out on their option. Right. Did, so, so wouldn't you – I mean, now, if Atlanta didn't pick up the phone and call Freeman's agent, then I got to say the agent's kind of right. I mean, the, the, the Braves are playing both sides of this. Right. Yeah. Now, if they did and he didn't relay it, okay, that's a different story. Right. Now, if he did and he relayed it and Freddie Freeman said, ah, they ain't going to do anything, then then that's on Freddie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know where the blame lies. Probably in the middle, as I always say, when, when my kids are fighting, probably all three of them are to blame somewhere. <laughs> Maybe one a little more than the others, yeah. but they're all in the one mix. One starts, they all fight. Right? Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're all in the mix. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and Kim, no, no one fought this morning. We're good. Okay. Yep. <laughs> all right. What else we got here? Uh, let's go to Beast of the Week. I think we're, uh, we're pretty good on baseball content. We're okay. going to be turning out at sixcore.com. We got, of course, all our uh, fantasy relevant profiles, I think, are, uh, are pretty much up. We're moved on to O line and then uh, some defensive players before our uh, season, our preseason team, yeah, preview team, yeah. by team. So good. keep an eye out for that on the website. All right. What do you guys got for Beast of the Week? I know we have some candidates here. Yeah. for uh, So sticking with uh, America's pastime, the Jonathan Davis catch, I know it was a little earlier in the week, the kid from, uh, from Brewers who. No one ever heard him before the catch, but hell of a catch. Going back center, he dives, bangs his head in the wall, first grabbing his back. Like, yeah, I mean, hope he's okay. He's probably hurt yeah, more than injured, but in he missed case, a day, and then he's back in the lineup next day. So great, great effort. At first, I was like, that's not a catch, but that was his hat falling off. Not the something, ball popped out. Out. something popped oh, out. Something popped out. <laughs> There's a doctor in you. <laughs> I got to put something back. <laughs> no, I was like, I didn't. I, I don't know the color of their hats, yeah. or whatever. It looked like a ball that did, fell yeah. out. But no, he that was a great catch on his part. No, no question. Um, and and that's what my. I'll tell you a fun story about yesterday. <laughs> my son, where we were at the lake, whatever vacation. We're back here now for this July Fourth barbecue he wants to go to but he had this little you know little round ball whatever and and we had the lake kept jumping on the boat boat and he kept saying to me out of the blue he goes dad dad obj like so he wants to throw uh what yeah. but the reason why i think of that is is in baseball it's throw me a diver that's what these kids right. want to do mm-hmm. now they right? want to yeah. dive yeah absolutely and, and, and and by the way i did text odell i said you're iconic you mean my son i go i'm not sure my son really you know i mean <laughs> he just obj that's all he said yeah. obj <laughs> your wastebasket you do kobe right yeah every, right. yeah, uh, yeah same, exactly same yeah same thing i yeah. mean uh, i'm gonna tell uh i invited him to come on because because odell broke some news about and uh, uh, medically yeah medically <laughs> yeah. that he'd been playing so uh We'll see if he wants to do that. Uh, I mean, look, uh, he's a good guy. We've exchanged some text messages and DMs, but it's not like we're best of friends. We call anything. him your pen pal. Yeah, we make fun of <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, you do? Uh, uh, do we? What? <laughs> <laughs> not on air before, but no. no I know. It's, it's on pri- record. Privately. <laughs> yeah. No, he kind of is a modern-day pen pal. For sure. I know, no, I it is. I mean, I don't know I what think, else to call it. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. We'll see if he comes on. But, but I think, look, all my kids – have Jumpman logo stuff on. Yeah. They have no idea who Michael Jordan really is. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Odell Beckham should have a K 
Catchman logo or something, he should. right? Should be I mean, in the works. Yeah, little yeah. He's got his own gear, I believe. So yeah, yeah. yeah some yeah. iconic logo or something. Anyways, keep going on on Beast of the Week here. Uh, might be my personal favorite is that uh, Josh Naylor hitting the walk off home run. They came back. I think it was two straight games. They came back. Oh, you're saving mine till third, huh? Yeah, I'm saving okay, till okay, third. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but Josh Naylor hits the home run the opposite way, walk off, and then. Uh, he's pumped. I mean, he's notoriously pumped. Former Padre. He's the biggest he's dude on the field by he's, a lot. He's massive. He's, <laughs> you're talking about a couple podcasts ago. There's no baseball bodies. He's a baseball he, body. Yeah. <laughs> but the best part is that Terry Francona comes out dugout. He has a helmet in hand because he knows he's got to put it on right after to greet him. So he puts it on and Josh Naylor headbutts him, <laughs> and then he switches See, right back to the hat. That's knowing your players. I, that's knowing your players, but I don't like that for Beast of the Week. Beast of the Week yeah. is your manager. You don't bring a helmet. You know it's coming. You don't bring <laughs> you a helmet. Take the punishment. You take yeah, the, there you go. But so so uh, I right. can't go Beast of the Week on that one. Crossing that one out. Uh, that's, that's Smart Man of the Week. It's yeah. not Beast of the Week. He, he cerebral, put, cerebral Man of the Week. Yeah, right, okay. he put the helmet on. I mean, look, I would have headbutted him with a helmet yeah, on. Okay, that's I true. mean, I mean, it's it's you know the players that take their helmet off in football and headbutt. You'd you know, be good. Somebody. You could treat yourself right after. You'd be okay. You know. <laughs> uh, I would, well, I would put the helmet on, or I'd yeah. get out yeah. of the way. I mean, yeah. but no, I can't give that beast of the week. No, all right, we got another right. option. Yeah. Taylor's Taylor's personal favorite, uh, T Wolves, former number one pick. Oh, the chestnut. I thought we were doing chestnut. Uh, oh, chestnut. Yeah, headlocking the guy. Well, we'll yeah. mention Edwards right, right real yeah. quick. Right. He's throwing throwing back shoulder bombs. Just uh, you know, off season stuff. Doc wasn't too impressed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look. <laughs> he's at his rivals thing, by the way. He's a Georgia, you know, football. He went to Georgia Tech, which I don't. That's already scary for me already. But hands down, the best athletes in the world. You have to put up there are basketball players. I'm not denigrating football players yeah. at all, mm-hmm. but they're bred more as specialists. Right. And here's a big, long, lanky guy who's obviously very athletic. He's good at all sports. Apparently, he played baseball. Uh, yes, he's, I mean, he's are we shocked he can throw the ball? I mean, <laughs> no. uh, and and look, as a, how many times have I said it's not arm strength, it's accuracy yeah. and knowing where. Right? It's not. It's not whether you can hit a half court shot. It's whether you can hit a three point shot at forty percent. <laughs> I right. mean, it's accuracy, and. I only saw the video once, but it came out of his hand a little funny too. So yeah. he shot put it a little. He, he shot yeah, put yeah. it a little. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he, maybe he could throw it even further. But let me tell you something: long, lanky guys are very athletic. I've often said one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen, Antonio Cromartie on our team. I literally saw him kneel on one knee at the fifty-yard line and throw it through. The, the 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 goalposts. Wow, <laughs> that's on a knee, yeah. not running up, just stationary on a knee, just twist and throw. Yeah, when he was One getting drafted, knee. that was his first like trait. Super athletic, Cromartie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right. So so our final one, beast of the week, officially. No guts, no glory. I looked it up. By the way, that was that's the motto. The no, motto. No guts, no glory. Remember, because throw you said the throwing up for the uh, speeding competitions. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be guts no glory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or that yeah, guts no glory. Whatever it is. No, there's another word, whatever. We'll yeah. come up with it, uh, uh uh that they used to use anyways. So Joey Chestnut. Look. Any anyone who can eat I'm not gonna bash him for eating sixty only sixty three hot dogs. <laughs> that's a lot, yeah, it's still a lot. It's yeah. all it's all records he set, so he's competing against himself half the time. He has fifteen oh. Championships. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, he <laughs> ate ten in the first minute. Yeah, 
Do you know anyone who eat 10 in 10 minutes? You're, you're just talking about doing one in a minute. I, I <laughs> I mean, that's hard. 10 in one minute. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like just ridiculous. <laughs> crazy. And admittedly, he didn't swallow all 10. You know, it's that whatever yeah, he has, mouth rule, mouth, yeah. but yeah. still. Um, Super impressive, yeah. But but I love the science of it. As we were, I was watching it, they were like, you know, the halfway mark is not five minutes. It's really three and a half minutes in. I was <laughs> like, okay, we got this easy. Yeah. <laughs> and we had uh, multiple people. He's like, oh, he's starting real quick. He's doing really well. Then I got all text. He's slowing down. He's slowing down. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, you had the heckler that came in and tried to – I think someone employed him to get the under too, right? Because he had to tackle <laughs> a little, a little bit, bit somebody yeah. in the middle of eating Whoa, hot dogs. But here's <laughs> the thing. How many referees they have there? The one holding the little slip yeah. thing and the one counting and the announcer. person bringing yeah. hot dogs. Yeah. They don't have any security? <laughs> that should have been more. I guess they people, never needed yeah. it before, but I mean, <laughs> and he put him in a headlock and he's still chewing? Yeah. We'll give him beasts. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good I don't know how one. you would do that as a ref. Do you give him like time? Like, do you have to like. The guy standing, how long he was standing next okay. to him? Do you give him extra time? Or? <laughs> okay. How do you do as a ref? As I say, I don't gamble, and I'm not into big conspiracy theories. Oh, my God. But I don't know how much you can get down on these things. But 50,000, by the way. 50, they, limit, they limit you to 50K. Yeah. I just try it. Just I never could ever put that. I just want to see the limits. Yeah. He just keeps typing zeros yeah. until it stops. What's stopping Joey Chestnut? He's going to win by 20 hot dogs anyways from shaving a few dogs. And pocketing a big t- payday on the side. I'm just asking I, the I, questions. I, I, like Are you, I mean, he's already got fifth, 14 before this one. I've so seen I mean, people, people on Twitter were wanting, uh, wanting spreads on his competitions now because he's just he's going to win it every year. There's no reason well, to there's money a lot Well, there's a lot. That's what you're talking about. There's a lot of food competitions, not just this one. There's so many, but they don't have lines for that, obviously. They have the one that's on ESPN. Yeah. But, I mean, well, they, they're doing it a lot. There could be lines on a lot more, like donut years, eating, donut couple years, eating. just yeah. you wait. All right, uh, so you guys, what are you what are you going to compete and eat at if it's a July Fourth food? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Gonna I want to see how quickly I can get a sunburn, which is what I'm about to do in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could do potato salad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I, don't I know. can do cereal. I could do multiple bowls of cereal. Uh, I don't know if I. I, had to I just want to think about what I'm not going to get sick not. of. You know. Pizza. I think I'm not getting any, sick of pizza. That's yeah, a lot of bread. I think you're getting sick of any everything. <laughs> yeah. Really? Much of it. I don't know that. Depends I can, on the time limit. I can do that. Just whatever you haven't had recently. But anyways, yeah. all right. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, holiday edition and end of the week. Uh, Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. We digressed a little bit for the holidays with hot dog eating, but glad we got Bob Nightingale on. And remember. Full bore into football. Team previews coming. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends done. And uh, no, unfortunately, the latest Michael Thomas video has not changed our mind on our assessment of him. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.